This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the Hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 5, Simon Said. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. somewhere i can't get it out of my head i don't know man let's jump right into this so we um this week's recap has kind of a focus on sam's visions the connection to the demon um i'm gonna also reiterates the fact that we know that dean is lying about john not having to having said anything to him before he died um i'm glad that the recaps are changing up (laughs) Because for legit most of season one, it was the same thing every week. <laughs> and I was like, guys. <laughs> I mean, they were still trying to, like, introduce the show, I think. Yeah, yeah. And now, the now we're season. in season two, so we got some more. Um, okay, so we open on a normal city street. We will learn later that this is Guthrie, Oklahoma. Um, and we see an uh, older black man get a phone call. He's, like, dressed in a nice suit. Um... Honest to God, thinking about it, he looks, he dresses exactly how, like, every male doctor I've ever interacted with has dressed. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's kind of spot on. I mean, What male doctors are you seeing? But it's just, like, the, the, the suit, but it's a little bit, like, it's, no, it doesn't fit quite right. <laughs> it's a little, like. I don't think I've ever seen a doctor in a suit. Really? Yeah. Huh. I, I don't know. Mine always wears a white coat. <laughs> well, they usually will wear a white coat, yes, yeah. but, like, underneath the well, white yeah, coat. yeah, but still. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but so, we see this man, his name is Doc Jennings, we'll learn later. Um, he gets a phone call, and as he's, like, answering the phone, we see a flash of this, of Doc aiming and firing a gun. Um, it cuts, like, back to him, and he looks across the street, and we get a... A bus drives by, which I marked as foreshadowing, um, and Doc goes in across the street to a, I think it's like a sporting goods store, I think. Or something, yeah. It's some kind of store, I don't know. That also sells sinks. <laughs> that also sells sinks. It's got them hung up on the wall <laughs> like they're fucking deer heads. <laughs> okay. Um, Doc asks um, Dennis, who is over by the gun counter, to... Uh, show, show him a gun. Dennis unlocks the gun, hands it over. Um, the doctor asks, like, what shells it takes, and Dennis pulls out a box, and he's like, oh, if you're, you know, looking to take up the, the sport, my, me and my boys are going out this weekend, you know, do you want to come with us? And as, literally, as he is loading shells into the gun, the doctor says, oh, guns make me nervous, you know that. <laughs> and then... Uh, he turns the gun on Dennis and shoots him. 
um, before cocking the gun again and putting it under his under his own chin as like the camera pans up to the sink that's <laughs> hanging on the wall and we get a blood for splatter. some reason and we cut from there to Sam um, very clearly having a vision in a shitty rest stop bathroom um, and Dean is banging on the door like <laughs> the case says something like zip up we gotta go <laughs> And when Sam doesn't answer, Dean barges in, and he can see immediately that something is wrong. Because um, you don't usually wash your hands, like, hunched over the sink like that. That's not how it goes. So I think this is when we get our splash screen. Um, oh, something I forgot to note. The Dr. Jennings, as he's, like, aiming the gun to shoot Dennis and then to shoot himself, he just keeps saying, like, in this really soothing voice, It's gonna be it's okay. okay. Yeah. It's gonna be okay. Like, it's just really creepy yeah <clears throat> okay so we get our splash screen we cut to the boys driving at night S- dean is like look we should calm down think about this is going to the roadhouse really a good idea um so that is now we know where they're heading <laughs> um sam says that his visions always have a connection to the demon um and ash could help them figure out where the frick this vision is located and dean's like yeah well that's the point the roadhouse is a hangout for hunters so going in announcing that you are some kind of quote-unquote supernatural freak is a bad idea (laughs) uh which dean does have a point but that sam is clearly like taken aback by the the freak comment and dean has use the word freak in reference to himself and Sam in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in this moment, the way he says it has Sam like, like, <laughs> what, did what you the say? fuck? Because he's like, you, so I'm a freak now? And Dean's like, well, yeah, you're always a freak, you know? <laughs> like, he tries to play it off as his, like, older brother teasing thing, but yeah. you can see it all over Sam's face. He is not, he does not agree. Um, so we go to the roadhouse where Joe is kicking ass at an arcade game, uh, and she has hustled an older gentleman out of his room money. Uh, I love it because after she walks away, Elena walks up and is like, you should have checked the high scores first. You got played. Because <laughs> all the high scores are Joe. <laughs> She's had a lot of free time on her yep. hands to get good at that game. <laughs> Ellen is a little bit protective, just a little bit when it comes to Joe. <laughs> um, so the boys come in. Dean, like, stops to say hi to Joe, but Sam asks where Ash is and just, like, flies right past. Joe's like, Hi to I'm you, too. good. <laughs> Bye. What? <laughs> um, so, the, they go back to Ash's back room. Um, it has a sign on the door that says, um, Dr. Badass is, and then there's, like, a sign that you can flip hanging underneath it, and it's flipped to in. <laughs> I love Ash so much. Um, Sam is banging on the door, yelling Ash's name, and no one's answering. And then Dean comes up and knocks and says, Dr. Badass. And the Ash, o- the Ash opens the door crack, and all you can see is, like, kind of, like, his belly up. But he is totally naked. <laughs> I don't know what he's it doing is... in there. <laughs> I think the implication is he's getting a little high. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but he's having he's a always great a time. little high, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um... He's like, Sam, Dean, Sam and Dean. 
<laughs> um, Ash or Sam says they need his help, and Ash is like, "Ash, get my pants." <laughs> so we cut to. It's kind of a little later in the night. Um, like Ellen and Joe are kind of cleaning up for the night, and Sam has asked, um, or Sam has drawn out the um, logo, the logo from the bus that he saw in his vision, and given it to Ash, who has located it as the logo for a bus company in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Um, So Sam tells him to look for any omens in the area, but Ash doesn't find anything. And Sam decides to kind of switch tactics, and it tells him to look for a house fire in 1983 that started in a baby's nursery the night of the kid's six-month birthday. Um, (laughs) Dean's in the background going, that's a little specific, for not telling him anything. And Ash but, is like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Ash is like, <laughs> that's, that's weird. weird. Why would I look for that? And Sam's like, because there's a PBR in it for you. And Ash is like, cool, give me 15 minutes. Because <laughs> Ash is easily motivated. Um, he's a simple man. <laughs> so we cut to a, l- a little bit later. Ash is still working. Um, and Joe puts on I Can't Fight This Feeling by Ario Speedwagon on the jukebox while she cleans up. Dean is having a beer at the, I think, at a table at the bar. I think he's at a table. Um, he kind of gives her some crap for it. Um, because <laughs> she, he's like, Ario, really? And she's like, yeah, he sings it from the heart. And Dean's like, he sings it from the hair. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> but I love it. Um, Joe overheard what Sam asked Ash to look for, and he's, he's like, she's like, your mom died in a fire in Sam's nursery, didn't she? Um, Dean says it's a family thing. Um, Joe's like, well, well, I can help. And <laughs> Dean's like, well, yeah, but it's a family thing, and also, um, your mother would murder me, and they would never find the body. <laughs> Because <laughs> Joe's like, you're really afraid of my mom, and Dean like glances over at Ellen, who is definitely watching them, and he's like, yeah, I think I am. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I am too. I would be too. Just a bit. Um, luckily, Sam comes to the rescue. Uh, Ash has found a match, and they have to go. Um, and we get Ario Speedwagon once again because Dean is singing it in the car. <laughs> he tells Sam that it is stuck in his head. So, there is a really great outtake of this scene where um, Jensen just keeps going with the song. Like, he's just belting it out as they're driving down the road. And Jared's in the passenger seat, like, like uh, he, like, I think he even, like, puts up the, like, papers he's holding in between <laughs> them at one point. And then Jensen's, like... Like not even look, looking at the road dramatically, and Jared like reaches over and like gra- tries to like grab the steering wheel, and we get like an outside shot of the car like swerving. <laughs> Jensen's like, I got it, I got it. And, Are they actually driving the car? Yeah, they, I don't know if they're actually driving the car. If that's how they edit it together, but it was it was so funny, it's so funny. I'll have to include a link to it in the show notes because it is comedy gold. I'll have to show it to you later, babe. Um, but Sam has the information on the kid um, with the nursery fire. Uh, He tells Dean about um, Andrew Gallagher, who is referred to in this episode as Andy. He was born in 1983, lost his mom in a nursery fire on his six-month birthday, exactly like Sam did. 
Um, and Dean asks, like, how did, how'd you know to have Ash to look for that specifically? And Sam's like, well, if it's not, if my premonitions aren't about the demon, then they're usually about one of the kids with a link to the demon. Yeah. Like Max. So, like, made sense. If there's no demonic omens, then it must be a, one of the special kids. Um, the, the problem is there's no address for Andy beyond a work address from, like, a year ago. So, but he has a lot of, like, unpaid debts and stuff, rent, bills, things like that, that he just hasn't paid. Um, so the, we cut to a diner in Guthrie and we meet Tracy, um, who I think actually owns the diner. That or she's, like, the manager because Weber calls her boss. Um, Yeah. I kind of got the feeling that she owns the diner, which, like, that's cool. Good honor. <laughs> um, she tells the boys that they're not going to get anything out of Andy. Apparently they've been asking about him. She thinks they are debt collectors, but Dean tells her that they are lawyers here to see Andy about a big inheritance. <laughs> That's a classic scam. <laughs> so, um, Tracy says that she used to be friends with Andy, but she doesn't see him much anymore. And this is where we meet Weber, who is um, an employee at the diner. He butts in to tell the boys how awesome Andy is. And at first, like, glance in, like, when I heard his voice, I thought it was Elijah Wood. <laughs> Did you really? He looks and sounds a lot he like him. He kind of does. He kind of does have a little bit of the same, <laughs> like, he's kind of got the same, like, face shape, yes. jaw, jaw structure voice, going on. His voice sounds so much like him. I haven't heard Elijah Wood's voice um, recent enough to be able to make that connection, but... Good to know. Like, Elijah Wood was in Supernatural? Wait, no. <laughs> I definitely him. would have told you if he was. <laughs> Plus, um, I've already seen this episode, and I would have remembered that, you would yeah. think, but... <laughs> I remember the actor who plays him. Um, Elias... See? <laughs> Even having He has name. an E name. That's funny. I do not know how to pronounce his last name. Tufexus? Tufexus, I think? Tufexus? I don't know. Okay, where was I? Wow, I wrote a lot of notes on this. He's Elijah Wood's evil twin. He's Elijah Wood's evil twin. Oh no. Oh no. There we go. Episode title. (laughs) Roll credits. Okay. Alright. So, Weber tells them, apparently Andy got him backstage at Aerosmith, which is pretty cool. That's pretty sweet. Um, Tracy sends him away. Is like, don't you have, like, a job to be doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then she tells the Winchesters to try Orchard Street and to look for the ba- the van with a barbarian queen painted on the side. And Dean's like, what? And she's like, yeah, it's hard to miss. She's riding a polar bear. <laughs> and indeed she is. She looks great doing it. <laughs> she really does. The boys find the van. Dean is... Dean says that he's uh, beginning to like this Andy guy because he's got style. But Sam, um, in Dean's words, looks like he's sucking a lemon. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Um, Sam says that this is the second kid um, who's like mom died in a nursery fire like Sam that they found. And it is also the second that is is killing people. I thought you were going to sneeze. <laughs> She's yawning. just yawning. It's 11.30 at night. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we talked for over an hour about all sorts of things, so. Um, Dean says, that, well, 
you don't know that Andy's killing people. Andy could be innocent, and but Sam has a good point. His visions have not been wrong yet. Um, and maybe this is the demon's plan for them. Maybe they're a bunch of psychic freaks who are supposed to become killers. Um, Dean is like, you a murderer? No. <laughs> Not happening. Um, Sam says he's killed all kinds of things, and Dean says that those things were asking for it. Um, and in my opinion, Dean does have a point. Sam is a hunter, and he has killed, but he is not a murderer. He doesn't kill people. He kills evil. Yeah. You know? Which is still killing, I guess. But It's, it's not like killing in cold blood. But it's yeah, like yeah, he's not... To protect he, others or self-defense or... Yeah, you know. he doesn't, like, seek out people to murder them for the, he the sake of murdering them. Yeah. You know? That's not Sam. That, that, <laughs> that'll never be Sam. Um, ow. Ow. <laughs> that hurt. It sounded like it hurt. <laughs> okay. Um, our conversation is interrupted, though, by Andy leaving a woman's place. She, like, waves goodbye from an upstairs window. I realized as we were rewatching this, so you could take notes, that there is kind of a weird implication to this, because it's the fact that Andy has, like, mind control powers. Yeah. Not my favorite thing. Not iffy. my favorite thing. Kind of sketch. Um, Andy says hi to a guy who gives him his coffee. <laughs> um, he then greets and shakes hands with Dr. Jennings, the man from Sam's vision. Um, and Sam immediately recognizes the doctor and points him out. Um, and Dean tells Sam to follow Dr. Jennings, and Dean will keep an eye on Andy. So, they split up. Andy gets in his van and drives off with Dean following him while Sam gets out of the Impala and walks off after the doctor. So, um, so we cut, we follow Dean first. Um, so good. This is all such a I great love scene. This so much. Um, Gabriel Tigerman, who plays Andy, such a good job. Um, so Dean is follow following Andy's van until Andy, like, pulls over and parks and gets out and he approaches Dean who, like, picks up his gun out of the passenger seat and, like, tucks it inside his jacket. But Andy immediately is, like, all over complimenting the Impala. He's like, 67, Impala's best year. Uh, and then he just goes, can I have it? <laughs> well, I love that, like, at first Dean's like, yeah, I can't, can't let one like this go. And then he's like, can I have it? No hesitation. Sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. That the timing of it all is so good. Because he's fact, like, yeah, the, the first like, time. yeah, this is my pride and joy. I like this dude. He's, he has good taste. And then Andy's like, can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> the first time I watched it, like, it confused me so bad. <laughs> it wasn't until this most recent, not when I watched it with you, but when I watched it on my own to take notes, that I heard the distortion that they put on Andy's voice when I he says, can that. I have it? There's uh. like a weird echoey effect to it. It, do it does it every single time he uses his powers. Really? Huh. Yeah. And I honestly hadn't, I didn't notice it the first time around. That's At cool. least I hadn't remembered that it was a thing. I just know that it's, the it's first time. It's just a little kind of, it's our first like, not little, but big clue into exactly what's going on. That's cool. I just know the first time I watched this, I was so confused. <laughs> You're like, why the hell? Like, wait, he just gave him the Impala? <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Dean immediately, like, gets out of the car and, like, ushers Andy into it. It's like, here you go, man. And Andy just drives away and leaves <laughs> Dean standing in the middle of the road. Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> um, so we cut over back to Sam, who sees Doc get not a, just a phone call, the phone call from his vision. Um, and as soon as he does, he runs across the street to the store that Doc is going to go into and triggers the fire alarm before the doctor can get there. Um, and as with the fire alarm going off, the doctor just, like, he, like, stops on the sidewalk and then walks away from the building. Um, and the same is like, okay, cool, crisis averted. And then he sees Andy drive by in the Impala. <laughs> He's just like, so what? Good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> the timing of the moment is so, so great. Um, little ways down the street, we see Dr. Jennings get another phone call. Um, and, but we cut to Sam, who's on the phone with Dean, uh, who explains that Andy asked for the car and Dean let him take it. Uh, he says he full-on Obi-Wan'd me. <laughs> which is great. Uh, some kind of mind control. Um, and I think they're hanging up. Um, Sam turns his head just in time to watch Dr. Jennings walk in front of a bus. Also, they, like, the bus originally is, like, not going that fast. But then when it hits him, it's, like, going really fast. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. Uh, but whatever. Okay. Gotta make it more dramatic. Yeah. I feel like it couldn't have been going more than 35 miles an hour. But I guess it's probably enough to kill someone. Definitely, yeah. Especially yeah. a bus. <laughs> yeah, especially being a bus. So, yeah. Doc- Dr. Jennings is dead. <laughs> we cut to Sam and Dean watching paramedics cover up Dr. Jennings' body, and Sam is sitting there looking awful like he's feeling really guilty um he he's like i stopped him from going in the gun store i thought he was over it um you know i thought he like sam thought he'd saved dr jennings but turns out he was wrong (laughs) um we go back to the diner where andy comes in and he's looking really upset um, and he goes right up to Tracy and tells her that Dr. Jennings is dead. Um, and it's very clear from the way that she reacts that Dr. Jennings is someone kind of important It doesn't to say Andy. what he did for him? No. Like how he knew him personally? No, he doesn't. Okay. He doesn't say anything. It, it's implied that Tracy knows already who Dr. Jennings... Like, well, this yeah. is kind of small town. They know who Dr. People know who dr jennings is but it's also implied that like she knows dr jennings relationship mm-hmm. with andy already which they never really delve too much into but it's clear that like they had some kind of friendship especially when they like interacted on the street you know mm, like yeah. there was like a camaraderie there so um he andy says he wanted to see her uh, and she says that she's glad he came and that she's missed him um, and then she says that some guys were looking for him. Uh, we cut to Sam and Dean walking down the street, and they, like, come around a corner and find the Impala with the keys inside, thank God. Dean is like, oh my God. And the demon says, like, I'm never letting you go again. He's like, I'll never leave you again, baby. <laughs> also, is that the first time Dean calls the Impala baby? I don't know. I don't, no, I didn't hear he it calls- before. He calls it baby in episode two. Does he? When, in that, like, opening scene with, um, Back in Black, when they're driving down the road. 
Um, and Sam's like, do you need, two need to get a room? And Dean says, uh, oh, don't listen to him, baby. He doesn't understand us. Okay. Maybe so, the second time. <laughs> I think this is the second time. I can't, off the top of my head, I cannot think of an instance within season one. Um. Yeah, I didn't. Because in the pilot, me. he says, if you messed up my car. But, yeah, I can't, I can't really think of a moment in season one. So I think think 202 might be the first time he calls the car baby. Um, not positive on that one. Yeah. But it's definitely, like, first few. Um, so, Dean says that it seems like Andy's powers kind of only work through verbal cues. Like, he has to actually, like, talk to the person to use his powers on them. Um, Sam says that, well, Doc got a phone call right before the gun store and before he walked in front of the bus, so Andy must have called him. Um, Dean is still, like, skeptical about Andy's guilt. Um, <laughs> Sam says, how does he word it? I, there, it better be in the frickin', um, no, dang it, it's not in the quotes. I might find it in the transcript if I can. What are you trying to look for? Um. Where is it? Okay. So Dean is like skeptical about Andy being guilty, and Sam says, Dean, you had OJ convicted before you got out of his white Bronco, and you have doubts about this. <laughs> Dean, Dean says that Andy doesn't seem like a stone cold, cold killer, and OJ was guilty. <laughs> um, I personally am also of the stance that OJ was guilty, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> so, um, Sam asks, like, well, regardless, we have to, like, find Andy. How are we going to do that? Uh, thank, thankfully for them... <laughs> Andy's van is very easy to find. <laughs> it kind of sticks out. <laughs> well, Dean says it's not really conspicuous, which is rich coming from the guy driving a mint classic car the size of a fucking boat. <laughs> the Impala is almost 18 feet long. It's a monster. Wow. <laughs> it's huge. Talk about about being inconspicuous. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, so they break into Andy's car, or his van. Um, Dean thinks the interior is really cool, but not a serial killer slayer. Uh, I think that Dean has very stereotypical ideas of what a serial killer's lair would look like, seeing as a, d enough serial killers had, like, normal apartments, or, you know, wives and children. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Um, but Sam, like, looks at Andy's books. It points out that there's some pretty heavy reading. Um, Dean makes a joke about Moby Dick's bong, because Andy's, Andy has a bong the size of... <laughs> I, I think it's, like, two feet, three feet <laughs> long. really big. It's gigantic. <laughs> um, so, the boys have kind of, like, parked around, like, a, off on a little side street, and they're staking out the van waiting for Andy to come back. Sam has been going through, like, everything he can find about Doc Jennings, but as far as he can tell, um, Dr. Jennings was pretty squeaky clean, so, like, 
they can't figure out why Andy would have killed him. Um, Dean points out that it could have been someone else, and Sam's like, well, he was killed via mind control. Andy has the power of mind control. <laughs> it just it feels feels pretty obvious to me, Dean. <laughs> um, I think Dean's holding on to the fact, hoping that it isn't him, because he wants to think the best case scenario for Sam. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I think it is exactly that. Because, like, the evidence pointing to Andy at this moment in time is indisputable. Like, Andy has mind control powers. Dr. Jennings was killed by someone with mind control powers. They have no other evidence that there's anyone else involved at all. Yeah. With everything they have already, Andy is the only possible suspect. But, yeah, just like you said, Dean is holding out hope that um, this doesn't mean what Sam thinks it means. Um, but this is when Andy shows up <laughs> and demands to know why they're following him. Um, I think he, he uses his powers initially here. He's like, why are you following me? <laughs> um, and Dean, like, <laughs> keeps his mouth shut because Sam starts to go into his lawyer story and Andy's like, no, tell the truth. And Dean just starts spilling the goddamn <laughs> he <can't help> beans. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. I have to find... I know I have the quote. Uh, Dean's like, we hunt demons. <laughs> demons and spirits, things your worst nightmares wouldn't even touch. Sam here, he's my brother. <laughs> Sam says, Dean, shut up. Dean says, I'm trying. <laughs> he's psychic. Kind of like you. Well, not really like you. But see, he thinks you're a murderer, and he's afraid that he's going to become one himself, because you're all part of something that's terrible. And I hope to hell that he's wrong, but I'm starting to get a little scared that he might be right. <laughs> And Andy is sitting Andy's sitting there with a look on his face like, okay, that was too <laughs> Never much. Never mind. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so <laughs> Andy um tells the boys to leave him alone, and as soon as he's like, Leave me alone, Dean goes, Okay. <laughs> and he starts to walk away. Um and Dean kinda like hunches over like he's got a headache. Um and Sam but Sam gets out of the car and he starts following Andy. Uh, and Andy keeps trying to use his powers. He's like, start driving and don't ever stop. And Sam's like, it's it's not working. <laughs> stop trying. <laughs> it's not working. Um, and he explains that his own mom died the exact same way. He also developed powers about a year ago, not long after he turned 22. Um, uh, and Andy is getting real panicky but his powers still aren't working on Sam, who asks why Andy told Doc Jennings to walk in front of a bus. Um, And at this very moment, Sam starts to get a vision. Um, He kind of tries to push through it, and he asks why Andy killed Dr. Jennings, and Andy says he didn't, and this is when the vision hits Sam, like, full on. Um, And in it, we see a, a woman putting gas in her car when she gets a phone call, um, and after she hangs up, she, I think she turns the car on, I'm pretty sure. I think she turns the car on. Um, it's kind of hard to tell. And then she just starts pouring gasoline all over herself. And, like, there's a guy, like, a mechanic who sees. He's like, uh, ma'am, He's like, don't. lady, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and then she pulls the cigarette lighter out of the car, I think it is. Mm, that's and, what um, I'm pretty sure it was a cigarette lighter. Like, the the ones, that, like, in the little... Yeah. Like, outlet. 
Um, and she lights herself on fire. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, we, we go back to the alley where Sam and Dean and Andy are, and Sam, like, uh, starts... Real quick. I wonder how they did this effect, because it didn't look CGI to me. The fire? It yeah. was probably, like, a mannequin of some kind. I guess, but, like, she, like, moves and, like, lays down and stuff. Well... I don't know, it could... Well, it doesn't have to be, like, CGI, like, they animated the flames, but they could have, like, lit something on fire, you know, could have, like, recorded her doing the movements and then, like, lit something similarly sized and shaped on fire hmm. and laid them over the top of each other. Because CGI doesn't have to be, like, animating the flames themselves. It can be combining two pieces of footage hmm. to be one. It's probably kind of what they did. I'm not entirely sure, but... Um, so back in the alley, Sam goes down. <laughs> He's going down hard, and Dean catches him. Um, and Sam tells... Sam's like, you know, there's a woman. She got a phone call. She lit herself on fire. Um, and he's like, as long as we keep this son of a bitch from calling anybody, you can't hurt her. And Andy's like, what the fuck? I haven't done anything. <laughs> um, but at that very moment... A fire truck drives by, <laughs> like sirens blaring, um, and they can't ignore that. So Sam tells Dean to go follow it, um, and he'll keep an eye on Andy. So cut to the gas station. Dean calls Sam, tells him the woman is dead, just like Sam said it would happen. It, he got there like minutes after it happened, um, and he says something. He's like, "What's with your visions, man? <laughs> like that wasn't much of a head start." <laughs> Sam's like, well, I can't fucking control it. <laughs> um, but Andy was with them, though, so it cannot have been him. Um, Sam's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and Dean says that he'll see what else he can learn. Um, and we cut back to Andy and Sam, who are waiting for Dean still. Um, they've sat down, and Andy has told, or Sam has told Andy the whole story, basically. Um, and right up. I guess, like, their whole thing about hunting monsters and their mom's death and his visions and stuff. And Andy is like, so you have visions of people dying and then it happens. That's impossible. And Sam's like, you're one to talk. You can fucking mind control people. What? (laughs) Um, Andy's like, death visions. That fucking sucks, man. (laughs) Yes, it does. Um, When he first got his powers, it was like a gift. Um, Sam's like, well, like, if, if it's such a gift, then why do you live the way that you do? You could live, you could have anything in the world that you want, but you're living out of your van. And I honestly really love Andy's kind of, like, life mentality, Mm because he's like... I have everything I need. Yeah. He's got, he's got all he needs. He, He lives a comfortable, happy life, and, you know, um, Sam, Sam's like, well... You know, you really aren't a killer. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I've been fucking trying to tell you that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for figuring it out. <laughs> um, Sam says that it's a good thing Andy's not a killer because it means there is hope for both of them. Um, and this is where Dean returns. Uh, he's learned that he called Ash um, and learned that the victim is Holly Beckett, age 41, single. Andy doesn't know her. Um, but Ash found out that Holly gave birth when she was 18 in 1983 on the same day Andy was born, which is where we learn that Andy was adopted. He never knew his birth parents. Um, I wrote this wrong. His adopted mom 
died when he was a baby. So not his birth mom, his adopted mom mm-hmm. is the one who died in the nursery. Um, he asks Dean if, like, he thinks Holly is Andy's real birth mom, and Dean says he tried to find out, but the birth records are sealed, and they are hard copy only at the county office. And Andy's like, screw that. <laughs> we cut to the county office, where Andy has talked their way into the records room. Um, I love he's, like, leading the security guard out, like, tell him to go get coffee, and he even makes a little Star Wars joke, uh, these are not the droids you were looking for, <laughs> which Dean loves. Dean's, like, awesome. Yeah. Um, Sam finds Holly's, um, records, uh, and it is true, exactly what they s- suspected. Holly was Andy's birth mother, and Dr. Jennings was her doctor. He o- also oversaw the adoption process. So Andy has a pretty solid connection to both of the victims so far, but um, Dean says they believe him when Andy says that he didn't kill those people, which, considering the fact that he was with them and definitely didn't make a phone call when Holly died, yeah, um, it's solid. So Sam found a new suspect, though. Um, turns out Holly gave birth to twins. <laughs> uh, so we cut to a little bit later. Andy is processing. He's <laughs> like, I have an evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, it turns out they were, so they were adopted out separately. Andy went to the Gallagher family, and his brother went to the Weems family, who live upstate. Um, and this twin, Ansem Weems, has a local address. Uh, Dean has acquired a copy of his picture from the DMV. Um, and we don't get to see the picture, but we see... Andy's reaction when he sees it and like looks up at Dean with wide eyes before we cut right to Elijah Wood. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Elijah Wood's evil twin. (laughs) I love you so much. You're not wrong though. He looks and sounds just like him. That was so perfect. Okay, so we cut to Weber from earlier (laughs) talking to Tracy. Um, He asks her about um, her relationship with Andy. Um, He's like, you know, you guys were together for a while, right? Is it still, like, serious? Do you still have feelings for him? And she's like, no, it wasn't serious. Uh, But he grabs her, and with the exact same vocal effect as Andy, demands... I didn't catch it that time. Yes. I didn't hear it with Andy, though. For yeah, some reason. it's a little I subtler, I think. Um, but it's very obvious in this moment. He demands that Tracy tell him the truth. So we cut to Sam, Dean, and Andy. They are in the Impala. Um, Sam asks Andy what he knows about Weber, and Andy says he doesn't really know much. Weber showed up like eight months ago. He's kind of weird. Like he was trying too hard. He immediately, like day one, started acting like he and Andy were best friends. Um. And Dean says that Weber must know that they were twins. Um, but they're like, well, you know, why wouldn't he tell Andy the truth? You know, why would he change his name and pretend to be someone else? Um, and this is when Sam starts to have another vision. Um, and in it, we see Tracy barefoot wearing a skimpy white, like, satin lingerie slip thing. Dressing gown thing. It's, the like, the slip that she's wearing underneath her dress. Yeah. So... Um, and she approaches the wall on the edge of a dam, 
which it took me until um, the solo watch through I did a couple days ago to realize that that's what it was. <laughs> it's a dam. <laughs> um, she's, she's crying and she climbs up onto the wall um, and steps off and getting kind of interesting CGI shot of her falling, but <laughs> it's a 2006 CGI. We'll let it slide. Um, uh, back to the Impala, Dean stops the car and, like, races around to Sam's side. Um, and so we cut from there back to the actual dam, now no longer in Sam's vision, and we see Ansem's car pull up, and he has Tracy in his passenger seat, and it was only in the Watching It With You Tonight that I realized the implications of what he says to Tracy in this first scene because there's some stuff later um that I caught like I caught every time but when his like first line in this scene he says to Tracy um where is it um I will find it um okay Weber says I take all my ladies here they like it well, I mean, I like it, so of course they do too. Yeah. I fucking hate this show sometimes. <laughs> I feel like that was really unnecessary. But they're just trying to make Weber extra evil. Like They succeed. <laughs> yeah, they do. He's a terrible human being. Um, I do not like the implications of that. Yeah. I really do not. Really do not. And I cannot believe it took me until like the fourth or fifth watch through to recognize it um but that's that's how it is who wrote this fucking episode <laughs> um ben edland okay i feel like he's not doesn't usually get up to stuff like that but i don't remember what other episodes he's written um so tracy like begs ansem to let her go home um, and he, Ansem tells her that he can see why she wants Andy, because Andy is, is really smart, and he's going to be a great man someday. But Tracy can't have him. Andy is his family. Um, which is so fucked up. <laughs> like, you thought the Winchesters were codependent. Uh, here we have a one-sided, one unrequited codependency, and it's bad. <laughs> Um, so the Impala pulls up, and they are out, they're kind of off to the side somewhere. They're somewhere Ansem can't see them. Well, Weber. Ansem. They call him Weber, I think, for the rest of the episode. Um, Dean unlocks the trunk, and Sam tells him he should stay back, which Dean is like, hell yeah, was planning on it. <laughs> Had my head fucked with enough for one day. Thank you very much. I'm good. Um, but Andy insists that he is going down there with Sam. Tracy's down there. Andy is not just going to stand by and let Sam, like, take care of everything on his own. Um, in Weber's car, Weber is ordering Tracy to undress. <laughs> I fucking hate this show sometimes. <laughs> ah, I feel like I blocked all this part out of my memory. Um, because I hate it so much. Um, and Weber tells her that when they are done here, he wants her to go to the wall um, and basically jump off. He has like a whole little speech about how she's going to believe she can fly. And it's 
so creepy. I don't, I don't like it. I hate, I hate him. I hate him so much, which was probably the point, but still. <laughs> um, but right at this moment, Sam busts in the window and points a gun at Weber, who is like, you don't want to do that. But before Weber can try to use his powers at all, Sam clocks him <laughs> um, and drags him out of the car. And on the other side, Andy helps Tracy out. And Sam gags Aunt, um, Weber with duct tape, which is pretty smart. Very smart. Good move. Um, while, while he's doing so, though, Andy rushes around and starts kicking Weber, like screaming that he's going to kill him. And Sam tries to calm Andy down. He like, wrestles him away. He's like, let me handle it. Um, but while they're distracted, like, you kind of get, like, a close-up shot on Weber's face, and he looks really focused, um, and Sam is, like, still wrestling with Andy, and we see Tracy pick up a very large tree branch, and Who knows where she found that? It's just <laughs> on laying the on the road, I guess. It's on the, they're, like, on a dam. Yeah. And There's so, a lot of, like, trees around. There are some trees. I don't know. It probably, I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know where she found it. Um, but she hits Sam over the head with it. <laughs> Ouch. Ow. This is our, as long as I'm keeping track correctly, fifth incident of Sam getting knocked out. <laughs> Poor Sam. So, I updated the spreadsheet already, so I don't need to do it right now. <laughs> um, Sam goes down like a sack of bricks uh, <laughs> poor dude and Andy um, Andy tells Tracy to stop in like his normal voice and it doesn't work and then he uses his powers and that works um, and she drops a branch uh, but Ansem is on or Weber is on his feet he takes the duct tape off um, and reveals that uh, if Andy had practice he would be able to control people without speaking to um, Weber says that sometimes all you need is your mind. Sometimes the headache is worth it. <laughs> um, so they all seem to get headaches when they use their powers. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine, like, as they, like, practice more, it probably... Because it's like a muscle. Yeah. You know? That's kind of how I've imagined it is. Like, like a muscle that you have to, like, work. And when you're new at it, it'll get sore easier. But as you get, like, more experience, whatever you're doing, like, your body adjusts. Yeah. And is able to do whatever it is. That makes sense. Um, more efficiently. But, so Andy um, lunges at Weber, and Weber tells him to take it easy, or Tracy will jump. Um, because while Andy was distracted, uh, Weber got her, like, up on the wall. Um, Weber is much stronger than Andy. Like he said, he's practiced a lot more. So Andy, Andy backs off. Um... And Weber says that Tracy's trying to come between them, that they're better than everyone. Um, Andy is rightfully so fucking horrified. Um, I love when he says, like, you find out you have a twin, you call him up and ask to get a beer. <laughs> Not kill people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Common sense. <laughs> um, while this is happening, we see Sam wake up, but he kind of, like, stays down. I think he's still a little bit stunned. Like, Yeah. Um... Uh, Weber says that he wanted to tell Andy for so long, but the man with the yellow eyes wouldn't let him. He came to Weber in his dreams and said he was special. He had big plans for them. He's the one who actually told Weber that he had a twin. Um, obviously, the audience knows who this yellow-eyed man is. <laughs> and Sam. Yeah, Sam knows. <laughs> 
Uh, and we see kind of up on the hillside off to like one side of the dam, Dean is getting into position with a sniper rifle because of course the Winchesters have a sniper <laughs> rifle in their trunk. I'm, sh- I'm sure they inherited this from John. What was that? Your water oh, bottle. Oh, water bottle. <laughs> Scared me. <laughs> Scared me too. Okay. Um, Andy asks why Weber killed Holly and Dr. Jennings, and Weber says it's because that they split the twins up. Um, he couldn't let them get away with that. Because if it wasn't for them, then like he and Andy would have grown up together. Um, and not lonely. Um, I kind of get the sense that like Weber had a sucky childhood. Apparently. Um, uh, we see Dean cock his rifle, and down on the the top of the dam, Weber, like, senses something, and he turns to look up the hill to where Dean is, uh, and he says, I see you, and then I think he says goodbye, <laughs> uh, and we see Dean, um, put the rifle under his own chin, but before he can pull the trigger, another gun goes off, Weber collapses, and the camera, like, tilts down to reveal Andy who has picked up Sam's gun um and shot his twin brother in the head what the fuck is this <laughs> show oh my gosh poor Andy he's gonna have some trauma so much trauma and Tracy <laughs> oh my god poor Tracy and she can't even like fully explain to anybody what happened like okay so we get to the, the morning Andy is explaining what happened to the police um he tells them, like, with his powers, that Ansem shot himself, and they all saw it happen. Um, I don't know how that works, but okay. <laughs> Especially since he was shot in the back. His mind control powers. Okay. Well, I mean, like, the logistics of, like, someone else looking at it going... Someone who wasn't affected by the mind control powers looking at that case going, excuse me? Um, okay. Uh, off to the side, a paramedic is, like, tut has been, like, checking on Sam's head because he got fucking hit in the head with a tree branch. Um, Sam tells Dean that Andy is getting better with his powers. Um, Andy, like, walks away from the cops and he kind of, like, starts to approach Tracy, but when she won't look at him, he passes her to talk to the boys. Um, and he's clearly upset over the fact that Tracy, like, wants nothing to do with him. Sam says, well, she's pretty shaken up, but Andy says that this is different. Um, He never used his mind control powers on her before last night. Uh, Which is something that I noticed. Like, they kind of noticed. Like, everyone else he interacts with, it's clear that he's, like, kind of used his powers on them in some way. Mm -hmm. You know? And Tracy, he doesn't. He straight up doesn't. Um, Like, their relationship is really genuine. It's clear that he really cares for her. Yeah. But now... She knows what he can do, and she is scared of him. Fair enough. I don't think... I think if I was dating... Like, if there was a guy that I liked, and I found out that he and his evil twin brother both had mind control powers, and then said evil twin used his mind control powers on me, and then good twin did it too to save me, but also still did it. Like, I don't think I'd want to date that person either. Wait, when did he use his powers on her? He used it to stop her... Like, get her to put down the tree branch. Oh, yeah, yeah. After she hit Sam with it. But, like, like, even if you know that, like, the the good twin is good, like, I don't think you'd ever be able to trust him again. Yeah. You know? 
Like That'd I be hard. do not blame Tracy for being like, I'm nope, thanks, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> poor Andy. Uh, poor Andy. He's all by himself. Um Sam's like, well, that sucks. <laughs> we have to leave. <laughs> uh he gives Andy his number, says if everything any comes up, anything comes up, Andy should call. And as they walk away, Andy asks what he's supposed to do. And Dean tells him to be good or they'll be back. Which is totally not threatening at all. Uh, Sam says that he was right about Andy. Um, Andy's a killer after all. Dean's like, you know, Andy's a hero. He saved, you know, saved my life, saved your life, saved his girlfriend's life. You know? And Sam's like, well, he still killed somebody to do that. Uh, Dean says Andy was pushed into it. Uh... Sam says, Sam's like, well, Weber was too. So was Max. Sam was pushed by Jess's death under the right circumstances. Anyone is capable of murder. Um, he's like, well, maybe, maybe that's what the demon is doing. You know, pushing us into this. Uh, Dean says that they don't know what the demon wants, so Sam should stop worrying about it. <laughs> um, Sam's like, you know, I heard what you said when Andy made you tell the truth. You were just as fucked freaked out as I am like no don't don't try to say like oh it's not a big deal you know it's all fine like Sam knows that Dean is just as scared mm -hmm. um which I just realized is another instance of one of the boys saying something that they wouldn't have said otherwise under the influence of a supernatural power of some kind <laughs> <laughs> they need fucking therapy <laughs> Okay, um, Dean's like, eh, it was mind control, it doesn't count. <laughs> we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing, find the demon, kill the demon. Problem solved. Um, this is where Dean's phone rings, and it's Ellen, and we see Dean kind of listen to her a moment, and then says they'll, like, they're on their way. So we go from there to the roadhouse, um, Ellen tells Joe to go get another case of beer. It's very kind of clear that Joe is like, I'm, I'm an adult. Like, I want to be here for this conversation. But Ellen's ha not having it. Um, while Joe is gone, Ellen asks the boys if they want to tell her about this last hunt of theirs. And they're like, no. <laughs> no, we're good. And Dean says it's a family thing. And Ellen says, not anymore. She got all the information about Andy from Ash. Um, she asks if they think it was the demon um, that killed their mother as that, you know, if it's been the demon this whole time. Um, Sam's like, yeah, we think we do. Um, when she asks why, Dean, again, is like, not telling you. None of your business. But Ellen is nothing if not stubborn. <laughs> um, I love what she says here. Um, let me find the quote. Because it's so good exactly the way she words it. Um, she says, uh, you mind your tongue with me, boy. This isn't just your war. This is war. Now something big and bad's coming, and it's coming fast, and their side holds all the cards. Now, at, be at best, all we got is us. Together. No secrets or half-truths here. So, and Sam's like, okay, cool. There are people out there, like Andy, like me, who have psychic abilities. Uh, he has visions. It's different for everyone. Um, and the demon has a plan for them. 
Ellen asks if these psychics are dangerous, and Dean says, no, not all of them. But Sam cuts in and is like, some of them are very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, just more of Dean wanting to be like, no, you guys can be, you can be good. And Sam being like, but they can be bad. (laughs) So far, we have met four psychic kids. Two of them have turned out to be psychic, like, psycho killers. So, 50-50 chance here, (laughs) buddy. (laughs) Um, not looking good. (laughs) Uh, Ellen asks how many there are, and Dean explains that they they know of this pattern with the nursery fires on the night of the kid's six-month birthday, but Sam says that that does not track for all of them. He has looked into it. Um, Andy's twin didn't have a house fire. His mother did not die in his nursery on his six-month birthday, which breaks the pattern. Uh, And if there are others like them, there is no way to track them. No way to know how many... Are really out there. Does it ever explain later on how come some mothers died this way and others didn't? I think it's just a matter of whether or not the mom walked into the nursery. Okay. You know, I I really think that's just kind of some of the mothers woke up or or were awake and went into the nursery and tried to stop whatever Yellow Eyes was doing and some of them slept right through it and never knew. You know? I think... Yeah, I really think that's the pattern. <laughs> or that explains why there are some that break the pattern. Hmm. Um, yeah, after the boys finish telling her this, Ellen tells Joe that she's gonna need to go get some whiskey instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and our episode wraps up with Fell on Black Days by Soundgarden, which is a good song. I really like this song. It's a good song. But yeah, that is the end of this week's episode. It's an important one. It's a really important one. Because we learn um, more about other special kids. We establish, like, Joe and Ellen as allies um, in this fight. Um, We delve into Sam's fear that he is going to turn evil because of whatever the demon did to him. Um, and the fact that Dean desperately doesn't want to have that fear, but yeah. he definitely does. <laughs> so And the fact that um, not all the special kids are necessarily evil. Yeah. Because we have another, another good, one. good one. Yeah. And I mean, Sam would say, well, we're all killers. But I definitely... I don't believe, I do not condone, like, killing of any kind, but there is a definite difference between Andy killing to save Dean and Tracy and Sam. When it's out of self-defense, Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, there's a difference between what Andy did and what Sam does, and um, Max and Weber Mm -hmm. killing out of cold blood and like revenge, revenge yeah. you know so there's a definite like difference yeah um so and obviously max's kills were kind of justified too <laughs> like you know it was very much like revenge killing but like you know but yeah there's there's a definitely like line in the sand between those two sides yeah um but sam is right that they are they are all killers. 
so far. Every special kid they've met has killed at least one person. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> so that's fun. Has Sam ever actually killed a person, though? A human being? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think he even killed in the Benders episode. Yeah. So he The mean, dad dies in the Benders episode, but it was the cop that killed him. He hasn't actually killed a person. No, but Dean, or Sam has killed, though. Yes. He, he has killed supernatural beings, some of which are definitely sentient. Yeah. Like, I'd call vampires and say, like, vampires and werewolves are pretty sentient. Yeah. You know. But, there, like I said, though, there's a difference between killing evil and killing because you are evil. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. I think this is a really good episode. It's a really good really, episode. Really good stuff. I can definitely see, like, why Sam is so, like, I'm I'm gonna go bad, like, you know? Mm-hmm. Am I He's gonna worried go about dark it. Dark side or something? You haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> oh, cool. I feel like that. I keep expecting that to happen, and it hasn't happened yet, but I, it has to happen soon, right? <laughs> Dean has to tell Sam the truth at some point. Dean is still keeping this goddamn secret. We are five episodes in, and he Come still on, Dean. <laughs> has not told Sam. I mean, I guess he's only been keeping it for... Well, no... Yeah. He's been keeping it for four episodes. <laughs> right? Now five episodes, yes. No, because he learns the secret in... The first episode. First episode, and we are on episode five. He learns it at the end of the first episode, so the first episode doesn't count. Okay. So he's been keeping it for four episodes now. Yes. Dean! Stop it! <laughs> I know he does at some point, I just can't remember when it happens. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think that is it for everything, or for this episode tonight. Do you have anything else you want to discuss, love? I don't think so. I think, I think that's basically it. Um, Next week, we are covering season two, episode six, No Escape. And um, I get to um, talk about true crime. <laughs> So, that's fun. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Alright, but in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. It really means the world to us. If you like what you've been hearing and you haven't already, I don't know how you've made it to this point, if you haven't, but um, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those fun places. Um... Also, if you are able, if you have an iTunes account, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It really helps the algorithm, um, and also it really helps us because then we know that people are liking it. <laughs> um, if you have any fellow Supernatural fans who you think might enjoy the podcast, tell us, a, tell them about us. Um, almost said tell us about them. That's not helpful <laughs> at all. We're, yeah, we're gonna. Um, search out your friends and demand they listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, if you want to <laughs> if you want to reach out, um, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Talk About Sam Pod, on Instagram at We Need to Talk About Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr and TikTok at We Need to Talk About Sam. I am Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, where can the people find you? Um you can find me on Twitter at Life was on three, and Tumblr at hf thoughts dash blog. Awesome. 
Thank you again so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. We did! And it was a lot of fun. We went to Fanex. It is very soft. I have a pile of yarn on my <laughs> desk. Like, it, honest to God. Was that the um, Mandela one? The Mandela yarn yeah. I got? Yeah. I like those. They're pretty. Mandela's a person. Mandalas are those circle <laughs> things. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. Um... But yeah, Salt Lake Fanex was the 16th through the 18th, and that was a lot of fun. Haley and then Haley went two days because she had work. Oh. Her work hates her. They really do. It feels honest like. to God. Sh- okay, uh, <laughs> I'm a little salty about this. Me too. Um, so she asked off work for this weekend a month in advance. Like, most like, jobs are, like, give us two-week notice, Like, minimum. as soon as I got hired, pretty much, I yeah, put it in. Yeah, she basically, yeah, from day one, they knew she wanted this weekend off. And they called her on Wednesday and were like, hey, you have to work Saturday. Two days before the convention. Two days before the convention started. They had all month to tell me yeah. that, no. Yeah, if they, they could have told her at any point in time, but they waited until the week of. And I was like, well, what if it was for a wedding? What if you were going out of town? Like what if I you were going to be week? on a cruise ship, you know, or a plane, or in a whole other country? Like, they can't just do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not fair. Be like, And uh, honest to God, I really think you shouldn't have gone to work. I, I mean, I was tempted not to. Because <laughs> <laughs> you asked for it off, and you paid money, and you made your plans, and if they didn't account for the fact that you were not going to work that Saturday, like, that's their problem, not yours. I pretty much assume... <laughs> Like, if I ask for it off, if I don't hear otherwise, it's been approved. If it hasn't been approved, then tell me. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's your responsibility after I put yeah, something their, in to tell me response. yes or no. Because basically, what you're doing is saying, hey, I will not be here on this day. You need to find coverage for me. Mm-hmm. And they need to say, Sorry, I can or I can't. Can. Yes, we can or no, we absolutely can't. And they need to say, no, we can't far enough in advance for you to be able to change your plans. If, if possible. Mm-hmm. Like, they should not be telling you week of, hey, by the way, you need to work on Saturday. Like, yeah. that's not fair. <laughs> when I'm doing the courtesy of asking, like, a whole month in advance. Yeah, you gave them so much advance It's not like notice. it was, like, the week before or something. Yeah. Then I would understand. But. Yeah. It, uh, it makes me so fucking mad. <laughs> America for you. <laughs> uh, this specific post office just seems really not that organized. Oh, they're not. No. Not they at all. fucking suck at communication. Which is why I'm moving on. <laughs> Beeb starts another job <laughs> once she gets back from have I, Disneyland. <laughs> how many, how many jobs? jobs have I gone through since we started this podcast? <laughs> Swear to God. <laughs> so many. I can't well, be the only one going through this, right? You guys understand? <laughs> no. A lot of places are not just super understaffed in general because people are just like, 
you're not gonna pay me a living wage see ya i'll go find someone who will <laughs> like you treat me like shit well i'm not gonna stay yeah yeah <laughs> I've literally seen a couple TikToks that are like, employers do not understand that Gen Z does not give a fuck. If you are not going to I mean, I'm not Gen Z, but you know. (laughs) But, like, Gen Z younger millennials. Like, if you are not going to live up to the standards that they have set for you as an employer, they will no longer be your employee. They (laughs) will leave. I saw, like, a tweet that's like... Like, the job or the customer is like, well, if you don't like it, find a better job. If you don't like it, find a better job. Us. Okay. Them complaining. Why don't you hire more people? (laughs) Why doesn't any... You guys are lazy. You don't want to work. No. We just want employers who respect us as human beings. (laughs) Literally. But honest to God, I've seen a couple TikToks that are like, Gen Z just does not give a fuck. Like, (laughs) this guy was like, um, so my friend asked off work for a cruise and they told him, um, no, you absolutely need to come into work those days. And he was like, no, I'm not. And packed his bags and left. I saw another one where this guy was working on a cruise ship. And he had said that he needed days off for a wedding. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we can't give them to you. And so the next time they were in port, he packed up all his bags and he got off the plane. Or off the cruise. And he chartered a plane to a bigger airport because it was a small town. And he went home. <laughs> like Love he it. just Hey, listen, companies, it is your responsibility to cover your, like, establishment. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's your responsibility to hire enough employees and to treat said employees well so they'll want to stay. Yeah, if your employees aren't staying, the problem problem. is you. (laughs) There is, if you have multiple employees leaving the job, the common denominator is you. You if, are the problem. If we need time off because we are sick, we have a life event, we need a fucking vacation every once in a while, whatever, Our it's not our responsibility to find coverage. That is yeah, on you. Yeah, no. We do not get paid enough for that shit, and yeah. we don't give a fuck enough anymore. <laughs> I honestly hate it when managers are like, okay, well, if you want the day off, you have to find coverage. That's not in my job description. That is your responsibility That's as your the job. manager. That is literally the manager's job. <laughs> Literally. Or you cover it yourself. Yeah. Because that is your job. Yeah. The problem is, uh. is now they're so understaffed that there's no one to cover. It's because, but it's because, because of that reason. they treat their employees like shit. <laughs> That's because of that reason, mm-hmm. that they can't get enough people. Then also, a lot of companies are, like, putting out hiring notices, but aren't actually hiring. Wait, because really? if they can say, oh, we're looking for people, but we're not able to find candidates, um, they can get government benefits. Wow. For not having enough and, like, not being able, not quote-unquote being able to hire. Well, they're not going like, to keep the employees they have because they're going to be overworked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to, all these companies are just going to run themselves into the ground. I just, I, it's so funny. Like you said, because, like, bare older generations have been saying for years, well, if you don't like the pay, then get a better job. And now and we're like, okay, millennials we and Gen Z are like, <laughs> cool, bye, going to go get a better job. And now they're like, well, why are all these restaurants understaffed? Why nobody? Why do I have to wait more than five minutes for my coffee? Nobody wants to work anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, because we went and got better jobs. <laughs> I didn't, I saw a TikTok where this girl was talking to someone else about, I think it was a, no, a, a another customer at her job or something. He was talking about how, like, how they shouldn't raise the minimum wage 
from seven twenty-five an hour. And the girl was like, "Yeah, that's the you... minimum wage in America, seven twenty-five. It's the federal minimum wage." But so this girl was like, "Um, he was like, well, they should just they should just find a better job." And she was like, "Okay, well then, who's gonna work this job?" And he was like, "I don't know." And she was like, "Would you work for seven twenty-five an hour?" And he was like, "Hell no." And she's like, "Well, then, why do you think it's okay <laughs> to pay these people seven twenty-five an hour?" It's not if you can't if you can't... afford housing and food, etc. Like, literally the basics, very basics yeah. of living life Yeah. on the job salary. They are not paying you enough. <laughs> yeah. Every Honest job should pay God. you enough. They should give you enough health benefits, for one, no matter what, <laughs> and pay, uh, paid time off. Like, yeah. But that should the, be the a, big a, a, issue, sick time. Like, those are the basics issue, for a job. Literally, when minimum wage was established, it was defined as the minimum livable wage for an area and now account specifically accounting for inflation the minimum wage in america is lower than the minimum wage was when it was first created it is lower the minimum wage yeah. because it has not this gone inflation, up yeah. it has gone down the minimum wage now like if it had continued to go up it should be like 25 dollars an hour like accounting for inflation if it had gone up with inflation like it fucking should have but no instead we have this massive wealth gap uh, you know you know who also had a massive wealth gap right before some real crazy shit happened fucking france mm. literally yeah. right before the french revolution what happened suddenly you've got these one percenters making tons of money and hoarding it all and the working class is like excuse you yeah fuck that we're not gonna stand for this and look what happened a <laughs> bunch of people lost their heads people we got are... mad yeah yeah just like americans are now getting mad yep. very mad <laughs> yep did you see um the nabasco strike has no. ended that like the strike for again that's the company that makes like oreos and stuff there was a strike oh i didn't know that they, their employees were on were on strike and they have um They've gotten five-year raises, um, PTO, a whole bunch of other stuff. And Good for see, them. Fucking unions work. Unions are there. Do you know who needs to do for that? For a reason. The teachers of America. Yeah. They're getting screwed over they majorly. They fucked over. Big time. A lot of us are, but especially <laughs> teachers. If you paid... healthcare workers. If you paid a teacher hourly like accounting like i can't remember there was there was a guy on tiktok who did the math of this and if you paid a teacher hourly i can't remember what the hourly wage he settled on was i think it was like what is the amount that you would pay a babysitter for an hour of watching your kids um and it was like by kid so he did the math like by kid by hour if there are if the if you would pay a babysitter twenty dollars for watching your kids for Two times hours. thirty. <laughs> yeah. So say you're gonna pay you you pay your babysitter ten dollars an hour and they watch your kids for two hours, you know. So that's ten dollars and if this teacher has a classroom of twenty kids, ten so you pay them ten dollars an hour, ten dollars per kid every hour. So that's two hundred an hour right there. How many hours of is school? Eight? Like six to eight hours. Six depending. to eight hours. Yeah. What's 200? Let's just go minimum. What's 200 times 6? That's 1,200, I'm pretty sure. 
I need a calculator. And then, You're asking the, and the wrong then, person. <laughs> and then you also get like, yeah, two hundred by times six. Nope, not plus. I feel like that's more a hundred times six. Two hundred. Well, because it's um. Twenty kids times ten dollars. So that's two hundred an hour. Because that's ten dollars for each kid. Um, times six for six hours is twelve hundred dollars a day. Um, yeah. That would be plus, nice. <laughs> plus, I'd tack on another um, thirty dollars an hour every day for like prep time and stuff. At least. Oh, they put in so much extra time that they're not getting paid for. Yeah. A thousand percent, yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, $1,230 a day. Teachers are the type of people that out of their own pockets will buy stuff for their classroom. Um, Because they don't get paid enough to... How? That's why I'm doing the math of this. If you pay them hourly, how many days in a school year... Um, 180 times 180. <laughs> Would you like to read that number to the class, babe? <laughs> is that per day? That is for the year. Oh, okay. That is a hundred and there's an average of 180 days. Utah is 180 days. Well, it's a six-digit so, number. <laughs> so, um, so just a recap: the math I've done. We have ten dollars per kid for every hour. So you have a class of. Um, 20 kids. 20 Which, kids. That would be a small class, by 20, the way. Yes, that's a small <laughs> class. 20 kids for an hour is $200. For six hours plus, like, six hours of the day plus $3, or three hours of, like, prep after school work, doing grading homework and stuff like that, that's $1,230 a day. For a $1,230 a day for 180 days out of the year comes out to... Whopping $221,400. Yeah. Do you know what the average salary is that for is... a teacher in America? I can tell you that. <laughs> About it, babe? thirty to 34000 Yeah. That's the average salary for a school teacher who has to get a college degree and a whole bunch of certifications. Who's... Thirty thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> yeah, thirty thousand a <laughs> Who year. Who is paying for classroom supplies out of their own pocket? You can ha- not have a college degree and make more than that. Yeah, yeah. You can probably I, make more of that working at Amazon for a year. I am pretty <laughs> sure I made. I worked for the post office for a year, and I made in savings. In savings, by the end of that year. I had made $20,000. That is just, I put 75% of my paycheck into savings every single paycheck, and I got paid by, um, like, bi-weekly, or, when is it, when it's every other week? Is that bi-weekly? Yeah, it's bi-weekly. Bi-weekly, yeah. okay. For some reason, it sounded wrong. And I had $20,000 in my savings account by the end of that year. Like... Plus and you were able to working. save more, too, because you were at home and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. You weren't so, paying rent, you weren't so, paying car payment, those types of things. Yeah, no, I was paying gas and, like, car... Yeah. Regular, like, car maintenance stuff. Like, I bought a fucking car in that time. <laughs> you know? I was getting paid, um, 
17 to 18 dollars an hour depending on what point of my shift it was because I worked an overnight shift and you get paid an extra dollar an hour for overnight shifts but I made just in savings almost as much as a teacher makes in a year working a entry level data job for the fucking post office that you don't need a degree to do <laughs> like, like yeah I mean teachers they put in so much extra time other yeah. than yeah, I only accounted for three hours yeah. of, like, grading homework and stuff a day. That's so not much more counting, than that. That's not counting staying up all night, making, you know... Hand-making all hand these... Hand-making stuff for your students, and oh my gosh. Buying, I like, literally, prizes and treats out of yeah, pocket for them. Yeah, buying your own I supplies for the classroom. Saw, like, I literally saw a teacher on TikTok who bought matching Crocs for one of her students, so, like, they, they could match. And, like... <laughs> Like, 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 fancy Crocs, and, oh my gosh. Yes, I saw this cover up for time the other day. Oh. Okay, so this is a teacher that was covered by Time Magazine. Here's the title. She says, I have a master's degree, 16 years of experience, and she works two extra jobs and donates blood plasma to pay the bills. She's a teacher in America. Yeah. That's how yeah. shitty America teaches, uh, we treats its pay, teachers. We pay babysitters better than we pay teachers. And a babysitter is usually like a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> like, And here's another one. I have 20 years of experience, but I can't afford to fix my car, see a doctor for headaches, or save for my child's future. I'm a teacher in America. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're gonna riled up about this tonight. <laughs> oh my god, it makes me so mad because teachers do so much. It makes for me, our especially kids. like COVID totally screwed yeah. them over more too. Oh yeah. Like you imagine trying to teach during the pandemic. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. But it's just they just get fucked over. I'm very fired up about this because I did used to be a she elementary was, education major. She was indeed. I've never touched I, I wouldn't touch teaching with a 10-foot pole i don't like children and enough. i'm one of thousands <laughs> that decided to drop out because i realized it's too much for me for yeah oh it's my not God. enough i mean like you get rewarded in other ways as a teacher for sure yeah there's lots of like everybody that stays a teacher of... like they do it because they love their job they love the kids yeah like, they love you making a difference to, but you have to love your job more than you hate the struggles that like yeah. come with not being fucking compensated for your time. Yeah. But yeah. That's we... why teachers are the best. But <laughs> underpaying people. I just so it was just too badly. much for me. <laughs> but yeah. That's why we... I dropped out. <laughs> now I'm curious, what if we did if we paid teachers minimum wage per student? You pay them seven twenty five per student per hour. So for 20 students for an hour, that'd be $145 times um, six for a day is eight seventy plus like two hours of um or three hours of like homework grading time. It's eight ninety one seventy five times a hundred and eighty. That, okay, honest to God, if we paid teachers seven twenty five an hour, seven twenty five per student per hour for a school year, 
That's still more than they make. They would make $160,515 a year before taxes. That is paying them the federal minimum wage, like, per student for every hour. Yeah. And that's a small class size, too, because I still only only did the 20 students. Oh, yeah. Most of them are (laughs) probably over 30 students, yeah. Yeah. That is so... And that's, like... What is that divided by 30k? I mean, not only are you responsible for watching them that all is day, six times more than teachers yeah. make on average. You have oh to keep into fact like disabilities, learning disabilities. Yeah. Um, like sh- all the special training. I mean, that they'd want to le- get different learning styles for every yeah. student, covering every single subject. Like. They just don't get enough credit or no. pay for what they, they do. They really don't. We're really fired up about teachers today. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Damn. I wasn't expecting that mood. It's not just today. It's every day. Oh, yeah. It's not just every day. Or not just today. But, but I, just, I just wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Especially since we got from talking about Fanex. end up talking about Fanex. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> wow. It was fun. It was a good time. I spent too much money. Um <laughs> I came home with nine pieces of art and nowhere to put them. <laughs> I also came home with art. <laughs> I was excited because um Christopher Eccleston, who plays the ninth doctor in Doctor Who. He came, came, yeah. And he hadn't he doesn't come to a lot of conventions, so it was cool to have him here. He talked about that at his panel, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. He talked about how he was really reluctant to get on the convention circuit because it felt like like dishonest it was dishonest way. work. Yeah. And because his, his perspective of it from outside was, he talked about specifically, like, when he did, does theater, there's people, like, at the, the stage door who, like, want to get the autograph mm-hmm. for the hundredth, two hundredth time, you know, and they're usually just gonna go sell it online and make some money, and, you know, or some of them just, like, hoard them, and Mm -hmm. he, he was like, I don't, I don't get it, I don't, I don't, like, why would you actively seek that out, like, that feels dishonest, but then, when he finally did do a convention, he was like, oh, oh, it's not about them, like, it's not about the money, like, yeah, you make money off of conventions, but he, he was like, he was like, you people, have something that you want to tell me about how I have affected you. And, like, that Mm -hmm. connection between actors and their fans is incredibly powerful. So... He had a really great panel. He seems like a very genuine, cool guy. He's very very Mm -hmm. well-spoken. Yeah, his panel in general is just really good. It was really, really we good. We got a photo op with him. Yeah, we did. We should post it somewhere for them to yeah, see. Yeah, I'll probably... I'll probably post it on Twitter. Um, Babe spoiled me and got me a I photo op. <laughs> I bought a photo op for us to share. Because I thought it would be cute. And it was cute. We're cute and gay. We get it. Hang it in our future place yep. together. Yep. 
Um, and I can say that we're cute and gay because this fact was confirmed by the Denny's waitress that night. So, <laughs> oh yeah, she was, <laughs> she was something else. <laughs> she was a hoot. Oh my gosh, she was so fun. She just had we that check like, dry humor sarcasm that you don't know if they're joking. At first, at, at first, first we were like, "What is what?" And then we realized that that was just her sense of humor. We were like, "Sold. <laughs> Let's have more of this." So, but when we were checking out, like Haley's friend Sarah was paying and Haley and I were like standing off to the side behind her and I think I like kissed Haley's cheek or something and the waitress was like oh they're so cute (laughs) (laughs) so yep we're cute and gay it's a fact we are gay Uh and I think we're cute (laughs) my friend Amory said something I think I tweeted it actually when he's told me I'm gonna find it real quick um find it because he tweet he's he said it to me in a conversation on discord aha here it is <laughs> delightfully gay is what amory <laughs> called our podcast <laughs> it made me very happy <laughs> i love it i like being delightfully gay i'm glad we're delightfully gay instead yeah. of annoyingly gay or something <laughs> We're pushing our homophobic agenda. Homosexual agenda. Oh, yeah, sorry. They're, they're the homophobic ones. Yes. I was like, what? Homophobic agenda is the one that my... It's the one we don't like. It's the one that our ex-religion pushes. Yep. That's fun. But no, Phoenix was really, really fun. It's always fun. It was... It felt smaller this year. I think they toned down the number of felt, like felt busy to me <laughs> it was it was very busy but i think they toned down the number of like vendors and artists oh yeah they had there was not quite as much the as vendor usual. floor was spread out way more which was really really good also they were they did um temperature checks at upon entering the mm-hmm. venue um and they required masks and actually i'd Thank say God. about like 95 percent of the people i saw were wearing masks a lot of people incorporated them into their costumes, which was really smart. It was cool to see how they incorporated uh-huh. the, the masks into their cosplays. Um, <laughs> lots and lots of helmets. So many helmets. <laughs> lots of Mandalorians. <laughs> so many Mandalorians. Which also made sense because Emily Swallow was there. Yes. And she plays the armorer in the Mandalorian. <laughs> so. There's also a lot of Lokis. Lots of Lokis. All the variants. <laughs> so many Lokis. Um, that was... Lo- I, tons of Wandas. Tons. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of them. They were all great, though. Um, it was just, it was, it was really fun. And it was really needed. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I really needed that. I saw this great TikTok. (laughs) It was about, um, Dallas Fan Expo, I think it's called. It's the convention in Dallas that happened, I think, the same weekend, actually. Um, (laughs) I might have sent it to you, but it was, like, an exterior show at the convention center and it was like um an unassuming convention center in texas <laughs> and then it's like the the like this dramatic music i think it's something from marvel i can't remember and a guy in a captain america costume like kind of steps in the frame and it's like a bunch of nerds who haven't gotten to dress up in two years <laughs> <laughs> seriously though it's like, like honest to god it was a breath of fresh air like, oh it was so good being able to go back to a convention it was a bit of being able to normality. see 
the cosplays, uh-huh. the vendors, the celebs, like panels and yeah. photo ops and autographs and so much art. It was it so was nice. Just... It felt like coming home again. Yeah, it was just so good. It was really, really needed. So, and I came home with a whole bunch of Sam Winchester fan. <laughs> I have, I honestly got, I have nine pieces of art. Um, <laughs> And that's normal for a convention. Six stickers. <laughs> so that's fun. I think I got how many did I get? I don't know. <clears throat> I also bought two candles as well. I think I have six pieces of art and a couple stickers. Yeah. Handful of stickers. Yeah. I got a bunch for a dollar, so oh, I yeah. bought a lot. Those are great. <laughs> Love dollar stickers. Um but yeah. So like I got two candles. I have a Spock one, um, that is that smells like, so good. Spring rain scented. I got a um, new one of this Sam and Dean candle that I really like. Um, I got some fun stickers. I got a little small print of a gorgeous Wanda fan art. Hmm. Um, I got a little print that's like a design for like a like a movie poster. It kind of gives me like like, old monster movie vibes, but in color. Um, yeah. that That's really fun. And then I got, um, let's see, I got a couple of prints of screen caps from the show. One of them is, I think, season three, but I don't know what episode. Um, the other one is definitely on the head of a pin. Unmistakable. <laughs> it's, it was, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I know exactly what episode this is. So, and then I got... Um, I got a set of three from Will Terry's Little Heroes booth, mm, which those are really cute. Um, I got the, his Team Free Will set. It's so cute because it has um a little cast with a balloon, um, and then it has Dean in a little Impala. You know those cars, those like toy cars that you find outside of like grocery stores that are like you put, lifted like, up the on a post in. yeah you put the coins in and it like rocks back and forth <laughs> it's that but it's the impala um <laughs> and you have a little dean in it and then the sam one is my favorite and he's carving their initials into the surface of a desk <laughs> it's really cute so and then the last day i got um a solo sam piece from tony santiago who is a favorite artist of mine i have his john wick piece as well I have his um, Spider-Man Tom yes, Holland one. Yes, you do. You do. He, he's really talented. Um, and I I just wanted his solo Sam one. And then I also got from another booth. It's... Um, I have the thing right here. Jason Palmer. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to get some I from him. I <laughs> got his Supernatural like collage piece. I will drop links to all of these artists in the description for this episode because they are all super, super talented and totally deserve the extra attention. So, if I can find the name of the artist that I bought some from, I'll let you know too. Yeah. I bought a really cool Supergirl piece. Yes, you did. TV show. Actually, by the actual concept artist of the show. Yeah, from like season... (laughs) I think the guy said from season two onward. Yeah. And what else did I get? Um, I got... You got a absolutely fucking stunning Wonder Woman piece from the same place where I got those Sam <clears throat> Yeah, they were like $5 each. So. Yeah. I got a cool um, Doctor, Doctor Who, Who one. You did. 
it's like a promotional piece with Eleven and Clara on the motorcycle. Uh huh. I like the Wonder Woman one more. No offense. <laughs> it's really hot. Yeah, a really it's hot like Wonder a, Woman picture. It's like a behind the fr- taking kind of from behind, and she's like looking back over her shoulder, mm-hmm. and it, like just all of her back muscles on display, <laughs> and I can't. Yeah. I cannot. It's I'm gorgeous. So <laughs> um. I found a really cool Scooby-Doo piece. Yes, The Percy did. Jackson one by the same person. From the same artist, yeah. Um, a really pretty Princess Leia one. Oh, yeah. Like a small you, Princess Leia one. She got a really one. good small Princess Leia print. Um, some cool and stickers. a bunch of stickers, like a TARDIS cat. and um, No, a Dalek cat. You got the TARDIS cat a different year. Yeah. But... And Babe got me a Captain America corgi. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> he was so cute. <laughs> it's it shows a little, a little corgi butt. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's one of those, like, classic corgi designs where it's just, like, the corgi butt, and then they're, like, looking back at you, but he's wearing, like, a little Captain America helmet, and he has a shield. He's so, so cute. It, it's America's ass. <laughs> it's so cute. I love <laughs> it's it. It's really cute. So... And I got a bunch of, like, dollar um, Doctor Who stickers with, like, their final quotes before they regenerated. Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was the first day. Yeah. That was a good one. I got, um, the stickers I got, I got a set from actually the same artist who did my Wanda piece. Um, I got a set of Sam and Dean in their underwear. Um, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I saw them, and I about died laughing, and I had to have them. It was so funny. Yeah, they had a bunch of, like, male... <laughs> Like it was kind of like pinup style, yeah, a little bit, but, but like but like sexy, scantily clad, but with men instead of women. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which was really fun. Um, I got a on my last day. I got a I got two from the same artist. Um, one is Owen and Blue from Jurassic World, and it says number one dad, and then the <laughs> other one is like Sam and Dean and. Sam is like hugging Dean and they're both like crying and Dean says no chick flick moment Sammy <laughs> something like yeah and then I got um I got one that's a hairless cat that says no hair no problems <laughs> yeah he's wearing like a little sweater and a scarf he's just really cute. he's so cute mm-hmm. I got one that's an octopus doing a science experiment and it says I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> and then I got one that is a um I got one that is like the Impala, and it's like like the like the ribbon design, you know, where there's like a ribbon that's like zigzagging like around the object that's the focus of the artwork, and then there's like words on the ribbon, and it says um, oh, where is it? Something about salt and burn or something. Um, when in doubt, salt and burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got some fun stickers. I like stickers. Me too. I like stickers a lot. <laughs> I feel like there's something I else I got that I'm leaving out. But I can't remember. Um. Oh, I got a WandaVision piece too. Oh yeah, you did. You did. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. They're like in their magicians' costumes. Yes, <laughs> it's really cute. I love WandaVision really so much. my favorite thing that came out of this year. 
<laughs> fucking love one. Uh, WandaVision is my favorite of all of the Marvel shows. <clears throat> to be fair, we haven't finished Loki we yet. We haven't finished Loki yet, yes. But WandaVision is by far my favorite. So far, I like Loki more than Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. We've ranted about Falcon and Winter Soldier on here before. Um, it definitely had its good it moments, It had its too. really... When, when Falcon and Winter Soldier is good, it is really good. But there was... The plot got a little Muddled. Weird. Especially in the first three episodes. It's just... Yeah felt really underdeveloped and it was confusing and confusing yeah <laughs> the motivations of the villains was a little confusing yeah. so but but WandaVision was a goddamn masterpiece and also really a breath of like fresh air you know something completely it different from anything they've so ever done different and they're kind of so doing different. the same thing with Loki too yeah different I was, approach I was really getting burnt out on the superhero formula and WandaVision like revived me and got me excited for phase oh, four. We need to talk about Shang-Chi. <gasps> Shang-Chi! Yes! <laughs> Shang-Chi oh is amazing. God, Please go so see it. Good. If you haven't. <laughs> if you have not seen Shang-Chi and it is safe in your area to do so, please go to the theater. Support this movie. It's it is absolutely now one phenomenal. of my favorite Marvel movies. Hands down. Which is saying a lot. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Black Widow was great, too. Also Black Widow, but we, I feel like we've talked about Black Widow already. Yeah, I We have we not have. talked about Shang-Chi yet. Shang-Chi is fucking phenomenal, and if you have not seen it, you need to go see it ASAP. The cinematography, the soundtrack, the story, the characters, the CGI, everything. So the good. The acting. The action. Oh my gosh. Like, the, the fighting choreography. choreography. So oh, good. The martial arts. <laughs> that whole scene between... Okay. I'm gonna put a warning in here. We are going to <laughs> Boy, talk don't, Shang don't say it. <laughs> we are gonna talk Shang Chi, and we are gonna be spoilering all over the place. So if you have not seen Shang Chi yet, maybe skip to the end of the episode because this is the outtakes, and you can just <laughs> just just stop listening now. <laughs> okay, the fucking scene when Wen Wu and Shang Chi's mom, whose name I am not able to remember at the moment, I need to look it up. When they're fighting the first time. Um. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I love... Where is... Leiko? Is I think how you pronounce that? That's not her. Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah. That wasn't her. I swear that wasn't this her is, name, This though. is the aunt. Because Wu is their, um... Is um, the dad's last name, I think. I thought it was Here. her, Ling. No, that's the sister. That's the sister. I'm talking about the mom. No, yeah. <laughs> but I swear it was someone else. Maybe you're right then. I don't know. Yeah. Um, in the MCU. Just Google Shang-Chi's mom. Ying Li. Yeah, that's it. Okay, then who is... I don't remember who she is. Okay. I know that because of the Funko Pop. Oh, yes! <laughs> yes! But, okay, so the fight scene um, between Yang Li, is that how you pronounce it? And Wen Wu. Ying Li. Ying Li. Um, I fucking live for that whole scene. So good. Also, it when... It was absolutely stunning and the chemistry 
Oh my gosh. The shot where she's like got his arm like pinned up and they're like circling around each mm-hmm. other and their eyes meet. Oh my gosh. Also, um, the final scene when Shang-Chi's like fighting the dragon and he's like putting him back in the ground or whatever. So good. Oh, when he's fighting the um the soul the dementor eater? dragon, yes. The soul eater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the the destroyer. I don't remember exactly. It's really that gorgeous. That was really good too. That was also really good. The CGI that was great. It was a little bit busy. Like there I was getting a little bit overwhelmed. That was also um, partially because we were on the second row. Yes, we were on the second <laughs> row, like, on the very end, because the theater was fucking packed, which was so good to see. I'm it was a little so hard glad. to follow the choreography when you were that close yeah. to the screen. Yeah. But, oh my god, I love that my TikTok feed <laughs> for Shang-Chi has mostly been that audio where it's like, oh, I really um, loved this movie when I was like oh, this because you like so-and-so, and then it's like, yes, I like the totally age-appropriate um, actor. <laughs> That's the whole reason. And then it's, instead of, <laughs> people are like, oh, it's because you like um, uh, Shang-Chi or Jialing. And <laughs> they're like, yes, that's that's totally... The, the, the actor in this movie that I'm simping for and not the dad. <laughs> You're simping for the dad? Oh, hardcore. <laughs> oh my god. Did you... St- <laughs> I am talking to a lesbian. I'm a lesbian, I'm babe, talking to, to a remind lesbian. you. <laughs> um, I mean, I can definitely tell when guys are attractive, but it doesn't mean that oh. I'm attracted to them. <laughs> Tony... Yes, he is a very good looking yes. man. I will say that. He... Uh. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I was, um... How would you pronounce his last name? Lung? Yeah, Tony Lung. Lung? Chiawai? I'm probably... Chiawai? I don't know. I'm probably <laughs> butchering that. Um, <laughs> honest to God, I saw TikTok. Have you seen the that trend where people will, like, show a clip from a movie and then it'll cut to them and it'll be like, you know eight-year-old me watching this movie the first time and there's like a wind effect and it's taylor swift's wildest dreams playing <laughs> i saw that the that? other day with uh megara from hercules yes i'm like yes, yes exactly but honest <laughs> to god i saw i saw one of these and it was um a scene with wenwu in Jiangxi, and then it cuts and there's a mom sitting in the middle of the couch like a, like a middle-aged Asian woman sitting on the couch like with a bow bun halfway to her mouth and her daughter's off to the side just smirking <laughs> and in the comments someone was like oh my god Tony is so amazing and the the daughter who was the one who made the TikTok was like yeah my mom says he's kind of like the Asian version of um John Wayne <laughs> and I was like oh oh yeah no okay yeah that makes sense. I get it <laughs> but it was so funny I, I was I saw another one though that was I was um, that was about um the aunt yeah she's also very attractive and that that was the one where they were like um oh it's because you were simping for the sister right and they're like yes totally <laughs> the um the the uh <laughs> appropriately aged one and I not mean, the aunt. I mean, I was simping over the sister. Uh, oh, yes. Anyone else with me? Oh my gosh, what is her name? She's so beautiful. What is her name? I don't, 
how do you say Ming Mingjer Zheng? I just I don't want to butcher them. We're, <laughs> I know we're I'm gonna bad. butcher them because we don't know how to pronounce it. Mingar? I'd probably if please if you know how to properly pronounce these people's names. I think please is it Ming, Minger let me Zing? I don't think so. That doesn't sound right. Um, here. Pronunciation. Thank you, Google. Liung is how you say his last name. Here we go. Okay. Simu Liu says you're pronouncing these superhero names all wrong. <laughs> okay. Is, these are their character so, names. So, um, Ling, Shai, Ling, um, Michelle Yo. that's the actress who plays the aunt, um, Tony Leung, um, Munger, Munger Zhang. Zhang. Okay. I think. Munger, Munger Zhang. Zhang. <laughs> Somebody put us the pronunciation for Zhang Chi. Cutie pie. <laughs> Cutie pie. <laughs> That's from, from the actor that plays Zhang Chi. Oh Shang-Chi. my gosh. I'll, I'll drop a link to this in the description too. Oh my gosh. I love him so much. <laughs> he is so funny. Simu Liu is a gift. Um, Okay, but he did he did post a tweet like showing the pronunciation. So it's mung munger mung munger munger zhang. She this was her first like feature film. Like she's been in some stage stuff. This is like her first credit on IMDb. And, and she's, she's in the in MCU a fucking Marvel movie. It's <laughs> awesome. And she fucking killed she did it. So good. Oh my gosh, she was amazing. <laughs> Also, I love Aquafina always and forever. <laughs> I'm not super familiar with Aquafina, but she was pretty good. She did. I tried not. I was not trying to click that again. I loved her character. She was definitely the most relatable one to me in the whole movie. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I feel you, girl. Just a sort of out of place, awkward character. Oh I my loved gosh, it. She was such a mood. <laughs> such a mood. But yes, if you have not seen Shang-Chi, Please go do so. Like ASAP. It's like MCU meets Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh my and it's gosh, amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I did see, I saw a very interesting um, TikTok about it. About how um, like Disney like was trying to market Shang-Chi towards like a Chinese audience. Because a lot of their um, audience is actually overseas. Like they make mm-hmm. a lot of money back from these overseas markets, especially in Asia. Hmm. Um, MCU movies are very popular over there, but the Chinese audience just wasn't really interested in Shang-Chi. And this person, this creator, I don't know, I probably could never find the TikTok again if it's I tried. It's definitely more Chinese-American. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they're saying, is they were like, this is not a Chinese story. This is a Chinese-American story, which is why... Chinese Americans and Chinese Canadians relate so strongly to it mm-hmm. and see themselves so much in these characters. Oh yeah. Is because this is a movie for them, you know. It's not a movie for people who have always lived in China their whole lives, you know. It's about immigrants. Yeah, it's a story about immigrants. Um and the same it's the same thing with um Black Panther. Yeah. Um, and obviously Black Panther had the benefit of being set in a fictional African nation, um, which helped a little bit, but it is still a story 
of the African-American experience. It deals a lot with that. It is the story of a family and the story of Wakanda, but it is also, We've especially got, with Killmonger, yeah, it is the story, it, it deals a lot with the African-American experience specifically, mm-hmm. which made it better suited to be marketed towards an African-American audience rather than a purely African audience. Right, yeah. So, which is something that I had never even thought of and kind of blew my mind, which is probably not surprising since I'm fucking I mean, white. Mar- Marvel is an I'm American so white. comic company, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's all so it taken from this perspective of Americans. Americans. Yeah. So, like, like, it makes sense once it was explained to me, but it had never occurred to me before that moment, and I was like, my mind is blown. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. Not to say that other countries don't also have superheroes, but like... Oh, yeah. The, the whole... Yeah, or that people from other countries wouldn't relate to these right. movies. It's just... It's just... It's definitely a very... The superhero concept is a very American concept and experience. It's very American. You know, kind of starting with like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, like mm-hmm. those classic American heroes. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the comic companies you behind them. Captain America... <laughs> and Captain America, yeah. Captain America, Spider-Man, is the child of <laughs> Irish immigrants. Like, yeah, you know. So it's very MCU specifically is very an American-based storytelling. Um, Just but, that that style of comic books, you know, came mm-hmm. out of America and yeah, kind of set the. Standard for what comic superheroes are. Yeah, exactly. And I would love to see comics from, or like superheroes from other countries. Oh, yeah. Other comic book companies. Yeah. Just the fact that Marvel is dominating the industry. (laughs) So. Shang-Chi is definitely lighter. It's definitely, like, it deals with some kind of heavy stuff, but I mean, it's it not cry, nearly so. <laughs> as heavy as, like, Black Panther. Black Panther gets into some heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Specifically with Killmonger, um, and, like, his motivations. Um, but it is nowhere near as dark as Black Widow. Honest to God, the fact that they were able to go as dark as they did with Black Widow is amazing. <laughs> and I think it's only because it's under the banner of Marvel. Like, if you were seeing... The, the castle at the beginning of Black Widow, none of that would have happened. You would not, <laughs> the we Disney would not castle. have gotten any of what we got in that movie. Like, they would not have been able to go anywhere near as dark as they oh, were no, able yeah. to get. But because it was Marvel and not Disney, it's still Disney, but because it has the Marvel banner at the beginning, they can well, yeah. do more. And But Shang-Chi is definitely brighter. Like in mm-hmm. themes, yeah. Then, um, not to say it doesn't also deal with some darker it elements. Deals with, yeah, but it's definitely like overall the overall tone of the film is much brighter and happier. Yeah, I saw this the is greatest, an end game. <laughs> I saw the greatest. I don't, it might have been a comment on a TikTok. This is a massive spoiler. So if you are still listening for some reason and you're trying to avoid spoilers, I don't know what you're doing. But this, it was a TikTok about Wenwu. And about how much, like, fans are simping for Wenwu. Um, and some of the comments was like, listen, would you not totally simp for the man who is willing to unleash a dark force on the world just for the 
chance that he might be able to spend some more time with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is the kind of shit that's why women love villains so much. <laughs> because we love the character who will burn down the world to protect you, you know? Like, I have, there's a couple TikToks I've seen about this. Um, the hero will always put saving the world first. The world is always first. The, the city, the country, the whatever it is, it comes first. That's but the villain, a big uh, source of conflict for yeah, the heroes, too. Yeah, choosing between the woman he loves and the You see this a lot with Spider-Man protect. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then it's a whole thing. But you know that those those women know that the superhero is always going to choose the greater good over her, you know? But it's when they get kind of morally gray that you get the characters who are like, no, fuck the world. This is the love of my life. This is my priority. And anyone who has anything to say about it can come and fight me. <laughs> like, I, that's the kind of stuff we live for. <laughs> as, a, as a woman who is attracted to men, despite dating a very lovely, lovely woman. <laughs> you wanted like, me to be more villainous because that was oh no but like in <laughs> in fiction those are the kind of characters that i am really drawn to that's what makes a good villain they yeah it makes them so interesting <laughs> uh, it's it's much more interesting to have let's say a villain like loki than a villain villain like voldemort in my opinion yes because they have much more character yes. development they have more Sympathy. You can have more sympathy mm-hmm. for them because you see the conflict, you know? Yeah. They've got both good and bad aspects in them. Exactly. I love a more morally gray villain. Mm-hmm. Like, like a purely evil villain, it's fine, whatever. Sometimes morally, the story calls for that. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes that's what you need. Like, I mean, some... The Destroyer in Shang-Chi, you need... Yeah. But I mean, you you've also got Voldemort, need... but you still need a good Snape in there. Yeah. You, know? you also, you need... So you've got your your soul destroyer, or I cannot remember what it's called. It's I don't know something <laughs> so bad. Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> but then you've also got Wenwu, who will destroy the world just for the opportunity to see his wife again. Like mm-hmm. that's so interesting, and I love it. <laughs> it makes for really compelling characters when they are morally gray like that where they don't mind pushing the boundaries to get to what is important to them and what is important to them they know for certain like they can stand solid on their beliefs like that so it makes for really interesting characters it's definitely also interesting when the villain believes that they're the good guy and they're doing the right thing cough cough Thanos (laughs) yes yes (laughs) I legit saw someone defending Thanos in a TikTok comment the other day, and I wanted to die. <laughs> it's like, oh god. <laughs> Time to close TikTok. <laughs> We're gonna be done for the day. <laughs> okay, now that we are an hour and twelve minutes into this thing, should we talk about supernatural? Yeah, we probably should. Okay. <laughs>